Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Harris, and I had been a park ranger for over a decade. My story is rather unusual, and you may believe it or not. It started with the missing hikers. At first, I thought they had simply gotten lost or wandered off the trail. But as more and more people went missing, I began to realize that something sinister was at play. And then there were the eerie noises at night, growls and snarls that sent shivers down my spine. I knew I had to investigate. I spent countless hours combing through the woods searching for any signs of the missing hikers or the source of the noises. But no matter how hard I looked, I couldn't find anything. And then, one night it happened. I was walking back to my cabin after a long day of searching when I heard a rustling in the bushes. I reached for my flashlight and shone it in the direction of the noise, but all I could see were two glowing eyes staring back at me. Before I had a chance to react, the creature lunged at me. It was massive, easily 3,000 pounds, and had five legs instead of the usual four. Its fur was matted, and its teeth were bared, and I knew in that moment that I was in serious danger. I reached for my gun and fired a shot, hitting the creature in the shoulder. It let out a deafening roar and retreated back into the woods. I was shaken, but relieved that I had survived the attack. 
Over the next few days, I searched the woods for any sign of the creature. But there was nothing, no tracks, no fur, nothing to indicate that it had ever been there. It was as if the creature had vanished into thin air. From that point on, I was on high alert. I never ventured into the woods alone and always carried my gun with me. But no matter how much I prepared, I couldn't shake the feeling that the creature was still out there, watching and waiting. Days passed without any sign of the creature, and I began to let my guard down. I thought that perhaps I had scared it off for good. But then, one day, I received a strange signal from deep woods. It was from a hiker who had gone missing. I knew what I had to do. I gathered a team of search and rescue experts, and we set out into the woods to find the missing hiker. As we searched, we had a feeling that this unknown predator is somewhere near. And then, just as we were about to give up hope, we found him. The missing hiker, alive and well. He told us that he had been wandering through the woods when he heard a rustling in the bushes. And then, out of nowhere, the creature had appeared, staring at him with those glowing eyes. But this time, it just growled and went back into woods. As we made our way back to civilization, I couldn't help but feel relieved that we had found the hiker alive. But I also knew that the creature was still out there. We'd been up on Hooper's bald trailhead with the intent of stargazing. However, it was unusually warm this year. End of October 2019, thick fog rolled in around 9 p.m., and we eventually gave up around 11 p.m., sat and talked to an older couple who had pulled off to spend the night due to the fog. And we eventually left at maybe 1 a.m. from the Hooper Bald Overlook parking area. We made our way back down slowly until the scenic overlook at Shoot Cove, and by the time we got there at maybe 1.32 a.m., the fog and most of the clouds had subsided. There is a little parking lot at this overlook that holds maybe seven cars, and a field the size of a soccer pitch separating you from the tree line with some picnic tables dotted around. We pulled up, got out the car, cutting it off in its lights, and set up our tripods, cameras, and lenses to take some photos of the stars and try and catch some of the Milky Way, if possible. On long exposure, we were about... 15-20 photos in, each exposure being about 30 seconds or so. In this time, no cars passed, no owls hooted, no foxes screamed bloody murder, only the faint sounds of some bugs and the occasional bat fluttering about. Later on, it was eventually deathly quiet. No sounds, not bugs chirping nor bats fluttering around, not even leaves rustling in the wind. It was eerie to say the least. I got to feeling a little uneasy. I can't pinpoint why, but I was getting a fluttery feeling in my chest. We kept taking pictures for a few minutes longer, but as time went on, we could hear some things going on in the woods. Namely, what I could best describe as either stones being tossed or shuffling in the tree line. I ignored this for maybe five minutes or so, and to me it sounded like it was at our ten and our two relative to where we were. There was also an occasional wood-on-wood wood sound, but not like that of branches falling. It was repetitive and slow, and only one hit, unlike a branch that would hit a lot on its way down. After what sounded like a branch snapping to our nine or ten o'clock, my fiancé just said, Did you hear that? I said quietly, Yes, 
Was that the first one you heard? And they responded back, No, we need to leave. We had both been scanning at the tree line, but unable to see any direct movement. It spooked us both so bad we packed up the cameras and walked backwards to the car, never turning our backs to the direction of the sounds. We opened the doors, tossed our crap in the back seat, got in, and locked the doors basically as soon as we reached the car. We sat in it for about two, three minutes after cranking it up and turning on the lights, but never saw anything. I am a fairly avid hiker and primitive or semi-primitive camper and run across deer, bear, and even maybe the occasional wild dog or coyote, but nothing has ever just given me the willies before. It was uncanny and unnerving. My fiancé said it was like they just had the primalurge to run, like we were being hunted or stalked. I had the same feeling like something was there, or a small group of somethings, and they were closing in. By the time we got in the car, I felt like we were prey. We never saw anything. No animal, no creature, no glint of eyes in the tree line. I would like to think we did not get scared of nothing, but who knows late at night where we can't see or hear well what tricks our mind plays. I chatted with them before posting this to make sure I recalled it the same way. We had not spoken of it since that trip, but we both have the same impression of the encounter. We both feel like there was at least two things starting to flank us, and that we were praying my words or hunted in theirs. I am not really sure if there are any local lore or creatures of the wood in this area from native tales that would fit this. I am insanely skeptical on all matters of cryptids, but this was just bizarre. Bear don't really do much in groups. Wild canines like wolves and coyotes don't usually flank humans, and I doubt any normal group animal would cross an open field without any cover. Hi, I wanted to explain an encounter with something. I'm not quite sure what it was. I had gotten into an argument with my mom about the hat man that was leaning over me while I slept on the couch something my sister informed me of the following day. A lot of weird stuff happened at that house. But that wasn't the encounter. No, it was after the argument. I was walking out of the house down the road which we were surrounded by woods and a small swamp was behind our place. I was walking down the road which was side to side a wooded area. Not many people came down where we were, so I was listening to music while on my walk, and I felt like something was watching me. I lived in Alabama, so it was weird. Nobody came in our woods. Not ever. I looked over, and there I saw it. It was hunched over and huge. It had pale features and was so skinny I could see its ribcage. The thing that took me off was its mask-like face. It didn't wear a mask, but its face had mask-like features. The only reason why I say its face wasn't wearing a mask was because I could see its mouth perfectly. It had dark eye. I thought it had eye bags, but maybe because I was trying to reassure myself. I heard a branch crunch under its hands. I liked to assure myself they were at least. It reminded me of a human, but all wrong. Please. Someone tell me they've got some explanation because I can't. I was four years old. I have experienced paranormal my entire life. 
sightings, dreams, and premonitions. This is one of my first experiences that I have memory of. We lived in a cedar-sided split foyer home on top of a mountain. I had a younger brother by ten months. We shared a bedroom across the hall from my parents' room. We would see this figure constantly. We saw it so much that we started to just ignore it. It stood about three, four feet tall, had an outline like a teddy bear that wore a classic Viking helmet with horns. We never could see its features. Just the dark shadow, our older cousin. By one, two years, spent the night one night. Everyone was in a circle with our sleeping bags on the floor of our room. The lights were still on. My cousin immediately whispered, What is that? And he pointed at the creature, who was standing in our doorway watching us. I told him it was just our monster and he watches us play. He can't do anything to us or hurt us, and I stuck my tongue out at it to assure my cousin the thing was harmless. My mom told us monsters couldn't get us, so I was extra brave around it. A few nights later, I wake up in the middle of the night. I slept on the top bunk and my brother on the bottom. I see the creature climbing up the bunk bed ladder to my bed. To this day, I have no idea why or how I was brave enough to do this, but I moved to the ladder and sat in front of it, blocking the creature from coming up. It stopped climbing, but we were inches from each other's faces. It seemed like we sat like that forever because I remember thinking, what the heck is this, and why can't I see its actual face? I reached out and tapped its shoulder. All hell then broke loose. As soon as I touched it, I could see all of it. The entire body was covered in monster heads. Its main face had giant big eyes and sharp, sharp teeth. It was terrified of me and confused and seemed to be in intense pain from my touch. It grabbed me up by the back and tore my back up. It screamed in my face. Of course I am screaming hysterically and I break free and crawl to the far end of my bed and started praying and stopped screaming. By this time my mom ran in and all I could say was monster. The next morning my mom casually made me come into the kitchen to show her best friend my back. As an adult my mom told me she was so scared and that my back was all scratched up. Scratches I didn't have that night at bedtime. I asked my cousin about what he saw that night. He still admitted to it thirty-plus years later, and told me when I stuck my tongue out he was terrified. As an adult, my brother described the same exact appearance of it after having a summer encounter shortly after mine. He passed it on our basement stairs and it screamed at it. After my encounter, I never saw it again. My son, who is three, is terrified of shadows, and he knows the difference between normal shadows and tells me one walks around in his room. Is it the same thing? What the hell is it? Well, I was cutting cross-country from Maxwell Boot Trail to some reprod above my camp. I found two impressions in a dung pile unlike any I've seen before. The prints were about a one-fourth mile apart, but on the same ridge and identical in size, both having a prominent big toe impression. The dung pile was twelve, fourteen inches in length and big around as a fifty-cent piece. I also had a visitor outside my tent at four a.m. on last night. I was awake and drinking coffee in dimly lit tent. 
I keep gas lantern down low to cut down noise and listen for bugling elk, so I should have heard any animal approach tent, but I heard nothing until a sliding, scaping sound followed up with a loud thud, like a person sliding of a log or a stump just a few feet outside tent. I listened for Critter to leave, but I heard no sound. It concerned me that nothing ran away, so I grabbed axe and went outside and yelled, but still no movement. It was big. The thud it made was louder than I could make, stomping on the ground. I forgot to mention that right before sound, I heard a low growl that made me look down at my stomach and wonder why I didn't feel my stomach growling. It was low and long, and I thought it was me at first. I bought a cottage on Matagami Lake in June 2000. Matagami Lake is located approximately 90 kilometers south of Timmins. Ontario off Highway 144 toward Sudbury. It's a water access cottage and all the lots in our area are in the 1.5 acre range. We spend all of our summers there ever since then. I also grew up spending all my summers at our family cottage since the age of five. So I'm no stranger to being surrounded by forest and I'm very familiar with the sounds of nature and wildlife that occupy the area. As kids, we used to wander off into the odd logging roads behind our cottage in the middle of the night with no flashlights and no care in the world. We'd never come across anything remotely scary, strange, or unexplained. Anyway, back to adulthood. One night, about ten years ago, my wife and I are out of a cottage on an early spring weekend. I believe this is either late April or early. I mean, the only other people around us that weekend were our neighbors two doors down on one side of us and my wife's parents three doors down on the other side of us. I know our neighbors well. They're in the 70s and they never wander around outside after dark, nor are my wife's parents. It's about 9.15 p.m. and getting dark fairly fast. My wife and I are sitting by the fire behind the cottage, facing the woods. The forest behind our cottage is vast for many miles. My wife decided to retire to bed about this time. After she went inside for bed, I was sitting there quietly staring at the fire when I heard what sounded like three whacks at a good distance behind the cottage. It's hard to say exactly how far it was because I wasn't sure what I heard. I estimate that it might have been somewhere between half a kilometer to one kilometer straight back based on the trailing echo from the sound. I didn't pay much attention to it, but I did notice the sound. I wondered about it for a minute or so. Another ten to fifteen minutes goes by, and then I heard it again. The same thing. Three whacks. But this time it is considerably closer and louder, and there is a lot less echo. I thought maybe a moose was hitting antlers against a tree, but at that time of year, they don't have their antlers yet. Besides, the three consistent whacks seemed too well-timed and way too loud for that. I sat there for a good fifteen minutes trying to figure out what the noise could be. Then, after about fifteen minutes, I heard the same three whacks again, but this time it was really close, probably within several hundred feet. I immediately rose up out of my chair. This wasn't making any sense to me. The bush is thick back there, and it was pitch black by this time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And there was no light to be seen. I'm standing by the fire with only a pen-sized LED flashlight. I could barely see the tree line from the fire. I was concerned, and I thought about going to the garage for an axe, but... I didn't want to get away from the cottage at this point, so I quietly and slowly walked along the deck toward the front of the cottage. I stopped there for a few minutes and listened for a bit, then slowly walked back again toward the back of the cottage. I stood there, listening attentively. After a moment, the three whacks came again, but now it was probably less than 100 feet away, right at the tree line somewhere behind the fire pit. I immediately ran towards the front of the cottage, went in, and locked the door. I made my way to the back bedroom to look out at the fire pit. I peeked my head up the window carefully and expected to see someone or something walking around back there. I saw absolutely nothing. I didn't hear anything. It took me several hours to find sleep that night. My heart was still racing as I tried to figure out what the hell had just happened. Something else happened out there a few years later, but I was not alone this time. At least ten of us were out there that night and we heard a blood-curdling scream from a few hundred yards away. Everyone stopped talking immediately and we all looked at each other wondering what the hell that was. Soon after, the same type of scream can be heard way back in the forest, as if it was answering the first scream. I scoured the internet, listening to all kinds of animal sounds and screams, and nothing comes close to what we heard that night. Was it a Bigfoot? We have never seen anything closely resembling a Bigfoot, but I believe that's what we have around us. I was driving home on an isolated road through a mountainous area. It was late and dark, and I honestly couldn't have told you exactly where I was. All I knew was that I was in Tioga County, Pennsylvania, and that I needed to stay on the road I was on until I finally left the state and hit my home territory in New York. I was in and out of a daydream state. You know how it is when you're exhausted and trying to push on. I was so exhausted that even the caffeine wasn't giving me what I needed and I was too cheap to spend the money on a hotel. However, when I was approaching a curve, this is where my story occurs. My headlights lit up something that looked like a person except almost double, if not triple, in size. I had to swerve to avoid it and I sure as hell woke up from that. I wasn't sure if I had clipped him or her, but my car started sliding and went into a ditch. The first thing I did was get out to make sure that I hadn't just hit somebody. I was thinking, why would there be somebody out here in the middle of nowhere wearing all black? There was no one around and was pretty sure that there had been somebody on the road. I was certain of it. My car was good and stuck. The tires wouldn't grip the mud. I didn't want to call for a tow truck, but it was looking like my only option. I sat in my car and tried phoning out when I was sure I'd seen movement. I was hoping it was someone willing to help me, but 
then thought it was just my exhaustion playing tricks on me. I shook my head, wondering if it would be a good idea just to sleep right there in the ditch and wait for the tow truck. Then it started to rain heavily. I was really tired and the sound of the rain wasn't helping me stay awake. Then the thoughts of sleep were suddenly gone when the driver's side window was blocked by the drenched furry body of something very large. It was walking on two legs, but there was no way that this was a human. It stopped, then peered into the window. It was so ugly and evil, looking that it's the only description that I feel is even appropriate. It was pointing its long, wolf-like snout right at me and baring its teeth in a menacing grin like it was smiling at me, as if it was happy that I was trapped in this little metal enclosure. Those long yellow fangs, the worst part, was its eyes. There was no soul in them, but they had a supernatural glow. It then ran its claw on my window, which made a scratching sound. It was so sadistic, so evil. It maintained a stare and a grin like it was letting me know that there was no way I can run. I then noticed another wolf-like creature come out from the downpour and then another. I don't know how many there were, but I was paralyzed with fear. It seemed like forever, though it was only a matter of seconds, but then they instantly disappeared. I looked around, hoping that they were gone, and then I wondered why they took off. I soon found out. A pickup truck pulled up behind me. The old man stepped out, walked up to my driver's side window, and volunteered to pull me out of the ditch. He looked at me and asked if I was all right. I didn't tell him what I had seen. He hooked a chain to my car and quickly pulled it out of the ditch. I thanked him profusely and offered to pay him for his trouble. He refused any payment. I then felt comfortable enough to tell him what had happened to me and that I had never seen anything like it before. After I described what I had seen, he got a strange look on his face, almost like he had heard this before. I asked him questions, but he was very dismissive. I was positive that he was aware of the beasts. That was in November 2020. I'll never forget it. I can only imagine what may have happened to me if that old man had not come to my rescue. This was back in 6-7, not sure. I was between 17 and 18 year old. Me and three friends stayed the night out in the desert of Atalanta, California. One of them lived in a trailer in the middle of nowhere, which was fine because we were partying. Something happens during the kickback and I get mad and storm off outside. I walk for a good five minutes when all of a sudden the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. I'm confused by this unintentional reaction to God only knows what. I stop walking. All wildlife stops with me. No more crickets, no owls. Dead silent. I look straight ahead to my left and I see a figure about six feet or more move between two large cacti and I immediately book it. I run as fast as I can knowing something is chasing me. I run inside the trailer and slam the door while screaming bloody murder and frantically am trying to tell my friends what just happened. They all started laughing, thinking I was nuts, but then, out of nowhere, you could hear a scrape, running alongside the trailer, like claws on metal. Everyone freezes and we spend the rest of the night guarding all doors and windows. After that night, it was never spoken of again. 
Has anyone experienced anything like this? My father worked at NASA's Johnson Space Flight Center. As a teenager growing up in the suburbs of Houston, Texas, I was also able to make my way into the great outdoors. I was a Boy Scout, and we would take numerous camping trips throughout Texas, the hill country and the piney woods. Now, my mother's parents owned a ranch in northeast Texas, and it was a frequent family destination for holidays and sometimes just for a family vacation. I learned how to fish, hunt and pitch a tent, and basic survival skills at an early age. I would often take treks into the woods by myself without a care in the world. Thinking back on certain events that happened back then, I now look back on it with a different viewpoint, mostly because what I'm about to tell you is my later experience in the Ozark National Forest at night, and it has profoundly changed the way I look at my life. I moved to northwest Arkansas in 2005. My brother and mother had earlier moved to Rhea's Mill, Arkansas. I would frequently fish at Lake Lincoln. I would often park my truck a short walking distance from the dam and then walk up and fish from the dam bank. During one visit, I began to work my way off the dam and into some thick brush and trees to get to the larger boulder protruding over the lake's bank. As I approached the tree line, I began to have an eerie feeling. It came over me out of nowhere. Now I've been in the woods alone many times before and have never felt this sensation. I quickly grabbed my rod and reeled along with my tackle box and I made it back to my truck. I have not been back to Lake Lincoln since a year later, around 2007. I had moved 40 minutes from my mother's place. I had just gone into business for myself. I was single and lived alone. I would often get bored and would take drives throughout the mountains and sometimes even at night. One late night, I decided I need to get out for a long ride. I was going to head to my mother's place. I started down the freeway and then exited off onto Highway 16. I continued down Highway 16 for about 20 miles and then I turned left onto County Road 33 and then it would just be another 10 miles or so before turning off to get to my mother's home. I went across the Illinois River Bridge and made a sharp curve to the left. It went up a steep hill and then entered the Ozark National Forest. It was dark, only my headlights lighting up my way. At the time, there was no cell service. I was smack dab in the middle of nowhere. I reached Weddington Lake. As I began to climb up the next hill, I remembered there was a small pull-off lookout to my left and I needed to relieve myself. I pulled my truck over across the oncoming lane and onto the lookout shoulder. I left my motor running along with my headlights. I stepped out, leaving my truck door open, and I began to relieve myself. To the right of me, there was somewhat of a cliff overseeing a small pond on the opposite side of the lake, which was to my left. I found myself fixated on that ridge top. I then had this overwhelming feeling come over me. The hairs on the back of my neck began to stand up and goosebumps were running down my arms. There was a strong feeling that someone or something was watching me. I was standing outside of a lit-up truck in the middle of nowhere and I was a sitting duck. I quickly finished, jumped into my truck, threw it into drive and I squealed my wheels up the hill. Some years later I married and had become a father. My family and I went hiking through the same lake, but on the other side. 
There was a rock-covered enclosure that the parks and recreation had built some years back. While there, those same eerie feelings came back. Something wasn't right. I kept it to myself, and we finished our day of fun. A short time later, I found myself researching Bigfoot sightings in Arkansas. A significant sighting had been documented in that same area just prior to my roadside event. I also read of a sighting of a red-headed Bigfoot digging in the sand underneath a bridge along the Illinois River. I come to find out that sightings had been documented all over this area, dating back many years. I then began to think of my childhood, and the things began to add up, like the time my grandmother would tell my brother and me as kids not to venture back into certain parts of the wooded area. Also, the times Grandpa's bird dogs would go into a barking frenzy in the middle of the night, and he would step outside, shooting a shotgun into the air. I can't adventure into the woods much anymore, certainly not alone, and certainly not at night. I'm a Bigfoot believer. I truly feel that my overwhelming strange feelings were the result of a Bigfoot either watching me or being in the area. As a park ranger, I've always loved exploring the wilderness, and I've seen some strange things over the years. But nothing could have prepared me for what I found deep in the heart of the park. It was a hot summer day, and I was on patrol, making my way through a dense thicket of trees when I stumbled upon a small town. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before, and at first I thought I had stumbled upon some sort of movie set. The buildings were small and rustic made of weathered wood and surrounded by gardens filled with herbs and vegetables. The people who lived there were Native Americans, and they all seemed to be busy with their daily tasks. They stopped and looked at me as if they were surprised to see me there. As I approached, I was greeted by a man who introduced himself as the leader of the community. He explained that they had been living there for generations, in harmony with nature and each other, they had no interest in the outside world, and preferred to keep to themselves. I was fascinated by their way of life, and I spent the next few hours talking to the locals and learning about their customs and traditions. But as the sun began to set, they started to warn me about something I had never heard of before. The Wendigo. They told me that the Wendigo was a dangerous creature that roamed the deep woods, preying on anyone who was foolish enough to venture into its territory. They warned me to stay away from the woods at night, and to always be on the lookout for any signs of the creature. I didn't believe them, of course. I've seen my fair share of dangerous animals in the park, but I had never heard of anything like the Wendigo. I thanked them for their hospitality and went on my way, convinced that they were just trying to scare me. As I made my way back to the ranger station, the sun had already set, and the woods were shrouded in darkness. I heard strange noises coming from the trees, and I could feel a sense of unease creeping up on me. It was as if the forest itself was alive and watching me. And then, out of nowhere, I saw it, a creature that was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and emaciated, with long, bony limbs and piercing red eyes. It stood there watching me before disappearing into the woods. I was terrified. I had never felt so alone and vulnerable in my life. I tried to run, but I quickly realized that I was hopelessly lost. 
The woods seemed to stretch out in all directions, and I had no idea which way to go. As the night wore on, the creature continued to haunt me, appearing and disappearing as if toying with me. I was cold, hungry, and scared out of my mind, and then, just as suddenly as it had started, it was over. The sun began to rise, and the creature was gone. When I finally made it back to the ranger station, I was a mess. I had never been so scared in my life, and I knew that I had come dangerously close to becoming the Wendigo's next victim. I tried to tell my colleagues what had happened, but they didn't believe me. They thought I was just tired and imagining things. But I knew what I'd seen, and I knew that I would never forget the terror that I had experienced in those woods. From that day on, I made sure to listen to the warnings of the locals, and to always be on the lookout for any signs of danger, because in the deep woods of the park, you never know what might be lurking just beyond the trees. This was my boyfriend's experience, not my own. He grew up in Mesa, Arizona. Really early in the morning, when he was pretty young, he woke up and couldn't fall back asleep. He looked at the window of his bedroom, and there was a man-wolf crouched down on the driveway, facing the window. He described it like a man with a wolf-skin slash head on top of him. He went back to bed, still couldn't fall asleep. So he went back to the window, and the creature was standing right there with glowing eyes, peering into the window. He freaked out and crawled back into bed and just tried to go back to bed. Could have been a dream. 